Number one, the best vitamin for a Christian is B1. <laughs> two, Noah was a brave man to sail with two termites on board. And this is especially true for this year. Love thy neighbor from six feet apart. We hope that goes away really, really, really soon. Number four, social distancing does not apply to God. Draw near to him. Five, the best way to get the last word in is to apologize. Number six, God didn't call us to go fishing, I mean camping, he called us to go fishing. Seven, God gives you peace when you go to pieces. Eight, teaching kids to count is good, but teaching them what counts is best. Number nine, the life you live is the lesson you teach. And last but not least, Live simply, care deeply, speak kindly, and leave the rest to God. Wow, that could be the sermon for the day. We could go home now. The title of this morning's message is One Plus One. One Plus One. This is a picture from the life of Joshua. Joshua is now very old. Since he died at 110, He's probably about 100 at this time. Much of the promised land still needed to be conquered and divided. This was time for Joshua's last big job. In the same way, we have a big job to do. We need to conquer our world with the message of God's great love. Most of the time, we do this one person at a time, or one plus one. Well, our sermon today is called One Plus One, and it's taken from Joshua 13.1. Very much land still remains to be possessed. In the previous chapter, Joshua had been doing a very simple math problem, adding one plus one plus one, with the total reaching 31. He didn't need a computer or a pocket calculator to solve such a simple problem. Joshua was cataloging his conquests, a typical habit when one begins to feel the weight of advancing years. Joshua was described as old and stricken in years. The Living Bible says Joshua was now an old man, even older than me. As we said, he's probably about 100. Joshua had won his laurels and proved his proudness. He had won his battles and contests, but now he looks back with complacency. So God speaks plainly and says, There remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. Joshua was a general who gained a great amount of territory, but there was still more to be conquered. This is not a time for basic math, but a time to take stock and battle for the Lord. In the same way, we need to select our goals with God's help and fight the battle for the Lord, helping one person, one person at a time in most cases. Our main weapon is love, and we can win any battle against the world with God's great love. But remember, it's important to put our strength and energy behind the right goal. 
Some people strive all their lives for money, for fame, for power. In the end, it doesn't get them anything. What we need to do is spend our time sharing the message of God's love throughout our world and through our missionaries, the entire world. You know, there was a dog food company that came out with a new product, and uh, they thought they had a real winner on their hands. It had all the right ingredients. It had a beautiful package, slick advertising. It had print. Anybody remember print? Two or three, okay. TV and radio. It was quite a campaign. And as it started to roll out, the sales were kind of slow. And they became slower and slower and slower until they were almost non-existent. Well, this did not make the president of the company very happy. You can imagine. He called in all the top executives. He said, you guys must be doing something wrong. Look at this beautiful package. Look at all the ads. We're doing a great job. He even read the ingredients to them as if they didn't know what they were. He said, this is perfect for dogs. So what's the problem? Now those executives wanted to speak up. They were pretty quiet. But one new young executive in the back said, but sir, the dogs don't like it. It's important to plan carefully. There are three calls from Joshua. The first one is from complacency to dissatisfaction. Our English has several vivid expressions to describe the complacent person. First of all, he blows his own horn. Secondly, he pats himself on the back. And finally, let's see if anybody remembers this one. This is from the old days. He shakes hands with himself. Anybody remember that one? I see a couple, okay. But don't try all these three at once. You'll need to be a contortionist. By a simple math, Joshua reveals his complacency by wasting his time on simple and unnecessary math. We've all done that, haven't we? Many great generals have little sense of humor. Maybe Joshua's like that. War, of course, is a serious business. There's not much to laugh at, but there's an old proverb that says, laugh and grow fat. Well, in this country, in this generation, I would say, laugh and grow fit. As a ski coach, I can tell you this, good, hearty laughter even helps tone up certain muscles, and it helps us relax and to win races. San Diego State did a study on humor to see if it really helped students learn. They had, uh, they had uh, one class that was teaching all serious stuff, and the other class taught the same stuff but with humor. Can you imagine the difference? Well, right afterwards, to see what would happen, they tested the students. And guess what? They all tested about the same. But then they did a retest about six months later. And those that had humor interjected into their program remembered an awful lot more. So humor does help. You know, when I think of humor, I'm reminded of Gospel Light. I used to work for them and do teacher training workshops at churches and camps and schools and conventions and wherever. It was always a lot of fun because the scripts they gave us had humor mixed in. One of the things they used to tell the Sunday school teachers 
was you got to give your students a case of the blahs. The teachers are there, I don't want to give my students a case of the blahs. We want to give them Bible learning activities because when a student is actively engaged, they remember a lot more than just a simple lecture. So if Joshua had taken a more lighthearted look at his past victories, he might have been more venturesome for the future without God's specific reprimand. When we read about missions, whether at home or abroad, we should be thrilled. Wow, great things are happening. We must be courageous and never complacent. Our dream should be to do even greater things for God. George Grunfeld left the hardware business to found a chain of mission stations all across Africa. My friend Dennis O'Neill left the banking industry and went to school and seminary and became an evangelist who preached in many parts of the world. And now he's pastoring a church in Rutherford, New Jersey. Meg, another friend of mine, Elmer Magnuson, left a loving church, left friends, left a good job, and went out to the mission field. Eventually, he became a missionary for Christian Service Brigade. And we've got one of their camps right up there in Maine, uh, right now, one of the frontier camps. But he was a much beloved man for all the wonderful work that he did. Henrietta Mears said to her Sunday school class, to her Sunday school teachers, to everyone in the whole world, every single Christian, Henrietta Mears, the founder of Gospel Light Publications and many other wonderful ministries said, dream big, dream big. And that's what we should do. God has really blessed us here. The church has grown spiritually and physically, and that's wonderful. But the job isn't over. We're still here on earth, so we still should be working. We should still be sharing the message of God's great love with everyone in our world and beyond. C.T. Studd said, this is about the evangelization of the world in our generation. It is not a Luther, Spurgeon, Wesley, or even a Billy Graham. You know how much I love Billy Graham. Pastor, Pastor Bruce does. But it's up to us to share the message of God's love. It is what can I do or my church do to continue extending God's kingdom for very much land remains to be possessed. As Christians, we need to give, never give up. Our world needs us, and God's great love as never before. You might say, Pastor Judd, when's the job done? When the church is filled? We build an annex, an addition, and the church is filled again. When we have multiple services and multiple services again, lots of great programs for the youth. I think our job is still until everyone in Middleborough has heard the message of God's great love. I'd like to see everyone in Middleborough attending a Christian church. Wouldn't that be great? And if we reach that level, then we've got to think about the neighboring towns and through our missionaries, the whole world. Our second point is from apathy to immediate action. Joshua worked out his math project, cross-checked it, labeled it as correct, and nowadays he would even have it audited. But Joshua had forgotten the number God had given him. Joshua stopped. He had not completed his mission. He had become apathetic. 
God has to call Joshua a second time. Can you think of anyone else in the Bible that had to be called again? I think of Jonah, but there are others as well. Have you discovered Joshua's problem yet? He put length of service in the credit side instead of in the debit side. We all tend to do this a little bit. We say, Lord, I've served as a Sunday school teacher, an Awana leader, a youth group leader, or whatever it might be. You might have done it for 20, 30, 40 years. But God said there's still more territory to be conquered. We need to keep on keeping on. It's a privilege. It's a real blessing to serve the Lord. I remember one man, he became as my Sunday school teacher down in New Jersey. As he got older, he wasn't able to teach anymore. And he said, that was the greatest love of my life when I could teach you guys in that college career class. But, you know, I can't do it anymore. I'm just too old now. And it kind of broke his heart because that was the greatest blessing in his whole life. And whatever God gives us to do, he will bless us for our efforts as we serve him. From apathy to immediate action, our second point. Joshua worked out that problem, but it wasn't the right problem. We say, I have served the Lord. But God tells Joshua, I have a lot more to do. You know, memories are great. And I enjoy thinking about the past and some wonderful things that have happened in church and in Bible college and traveling with gospel light. But let's make new memories too. The job isn't finished. There's still land that we need to conquer. Paul said, always abounding in the work of the Lord, we don't quit until we reach the bright land on the other side. A doctor was overheard to say to his patient, you're not dangerously ill. You're dangerously, seriously old. And he didn't mean physically. He meant attitude. We need to keep on keeping on for the Lord. There's no time to be lost or wasted. We must obey God now and not later. Just as young people obey their parents, we need to obey the Lord. Deuteronomy 5.16 tells us, honor your father and mother that your days may be prolonged, that you'll have a longer life in the land. Isn't that great? Well, there's one missionary, and he was on the mission field, and he was serving the Lord. And he had a young son, and his young son was happily playing in the yard. All of a sudden, he yelled at his kid, and he said, Get down on the ground, lay flat. And the son obeyed. Now crawl to me as fast as you can. And he did. He says, now get up and run. And he ran to his father's arms where he was safe because in the tree under which he was playing was a huge snake that could have killed him. It's a good thing he obeyed his father. <laughs> Number three, from sleep to spiritual awakening. Remember when you asked Jesus into your heart, didn't you promise to obey, serve, and follow him? Well, the story's not over yet. There's great things yet to come. We've had a really tough year, but I'm looking forward to some great years of serving the Lord ahead. Great times spent with each and every one of you. Great times spent with God. It's sort of like a campfire. Sometimes the flame of service can grow low. Maybe we're discouraged. We need to shake ourselves, wake up, 
and put more wood on our spiritual fire. In a former church, I, every year I take the young men of the church mountain climbing and camping in Maine and New Hampshire. We had a great time. One year was especially cold, and we were freezing out there, really, really cold. And every now and then I would tell the boys, go get more wood from the, for the fire, and they did. And I tell them again, go get more wood for the fire. And I keep that up for a while. Until priests, they were doing it on their own. They would start chanting, more wood for the fire, more wood for the fire, more wood for the fire. We had a huge blaze going. And we got back to church, they were still saying it, more wood for the fire. It was really funny. Many people are in great spiritual, mental, and physical need right now. The Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. We are to find a need and fill it. And fill it. Can God count on you? Can he count on me? Will you be the one adding one to the kingdom of God? The story is told of a company, Baker Company, that got lost <coughs> from headquarters. They couldn't find them anywhere. They kept calling them on the radio and nothing happened. They called Baker Company, Baker Company, can you read us? Fortunately, after a while, they heard the sergeant's voice faintly in the distance. This is Baker Company. Then they said, Baker Company, what is your situation? Baker Company, what is your situation? And the sergeant replied, the enemy's to the north of us. The enemy's to the south of us. The enemy's to the east of us. The enemy's to the west of us. And then there was a pause. And the people at headquarters are thinking, those guys are really in trouble. And then the sergeant came back with a strong voice and he said, the enemy won't get away from us this time. Ahem <coughs> tells us, stand up, stand up for Jesus. The strife will not be long. This day the noise of battle, the next the victor's song. To him that overcometh, a crown of life shall be. He with the king of glory shall reign eternally. You know, retreat can be dangerous. The armor of God provides no protection in the back. Will you help share the message of God's great love? The best way is one person at a time. Or one plus one. The first step, of course, the first one is ourselves. Does God live in our hearts? He can. You can invite him in. It says in the Bible, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus invites each and every one of us to come in. Jesus died on the cross to give us the free gift of eternal life. All we have to do is believe on him. All we have to do is accept him into our hearts right now. Let's pray.